Hey, this is Hunter from the band Moodering, and you are listening to The Itch. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are scratching the itch to run it back. Because this is uh, two weeks in a row now that we're doing uh, a concert experience of mine. And so uh, we hope you enjoyed the Sumo Psycho Black Satellite episode last week because we're doing something pretty similar now. I know. I feel a little (laughs) left out. I know. (laughs) For what it's worth, Dan saw a show yesterday. And we may we may give that a little coverage in a future episode. Not really. It was I mean, I didn't I wouldn't I didn't stick around long enough to to really give an assessment, I guess. Oh, I was going to say, why don't you just drop one right now and you can if you want. But if it's not worthwhile, then. No, the one thing I, I will mention is that I did have the pleasure of seeing a little bit of Cheap Trick last night and another band earlier in the day when it was ungodly hot outside. And it was the first band that my children ever saw live. And they both loved it for one, especially because the first one that we saw was Jesus Christ Supercar. Uh, And my son, Jacoby, who's four and loves drumming, was just (laughs) enthralled. Like he just was just focused, you know, didn't break the entire song, just focused on that drummer and just like hit like. It was almost like watching this kid have a revelation, or you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just he's like you just his mind exploding, and you just see his like in his head, just like this is what I'm gonna fucking do. Like this is exactly what I'm gonna do. Like I was gonna say, I think you might have just witnessed a moment that defines yes. his future. <laughs> that was kind of what I was thinking or hoping. I don't know. One of the two. hoping, definitely hoping. Yeah. Well, uh, for a while, once you if he really takes a drumming and you got to get him like a full set or something, that's gonna drive you nuts for like the next ten years. But I mean. He's got a drum set that's really loud. Like I can hear right. it outside of our house. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's super loud already. Uh, but yeah, so we enjoyed seeing that band early in the day. And then Cheap Trick played later in the night. And uh, they were great. Uh, they sounded great. I, I did go over and watch a couple songs with him. But he, I guess because, you know, they were the headliners. He just said it was too loud and wanted to leave. So we, I tried putting like little headphone or head uh, earplugs in his ears. But he still didn't want to stand around. He was He was ready to yeah. go. I mean, granted, this was also way beyond his bedtime because his normal yeah. bedtime is like seven thirty, and the band yeah, going yeah. to like eight. So, uh, but yeah, it's, they were great. That you know, it's it's one of those things, and that's one of the reasons why I love that it's the Freedom and Heritage Festival in O'Fallon that I go to. It's one of the reasons why I love that is because they always have bands that like you you know, and then when they play, you're always like, oh. I know that song. All right. Yeah, I remember that. Like, and I know, I know some cheap trick, but I, I did not remember the full extent of how much cheap trick I knew. Nice. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. Was that, you've seen them before, haven't you? Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't, maybe. I don't, too long ago to matter. Yeah. <laughs> remember. I think, I think we might've seen them with like Ario Speedwagon or something one time. Yeah, if they did, you know, I think if we did, though, they might have, they were probably opening for one of them. And I don't know, sometimes yeah. those classic rock shows, we don't really show up on time. Like, you know, it's like right after work and we can't make it there right away. You know, we try. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool then that you got to experience that. I, I, I want to see them sometime. I'm, I'm a sucker for that, like power pop, just the guitar licks and that kind of thing. Yeah. And he, you know, it's funny because he uh, he was quite the showman. He looked the part. Obviously, that's what was that I think that was so enthralling for my son is because he was wearing this big white top hat 
and it's like white jacket. Uh, it's funny <laughs> too because like one of the YouTube videos I, that popped up of them live, actually he's wearing like almost the exact same outfit. <laughs> nice. nice, yeah. So it was a good night though. It was, and then four fireworks to boot. So you can't really beat it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we do want to take a second and say we do apologize for the uh, the lack of like album roundups and stuff but uh we'll get to that here soon but a lot of us are going to be traveling this month and so we want to do some episodes but but uh make it easier on ourselves a little bit <laughs> i apologize for nothing <laughs> <laughs> same here <laughs> just yeah just it, it's fair it's fair to give a little preview we will be catching up on it on a number of albums that came out in the second quarter of this year very soon yeah. Another great place, though, to hear albums that are us talk about albums, especially new relevant albums, is our radio show. You can hear that every Sunday night from 6 to 9 p.m. on 891thewood.com. That's true. A couple nights ago, I got to join the guys, which is a very rare thing. And so we had the, the packed house doing the show. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a fun show. We did the, our America show for the fourth where we play. Casey was just knocking him out, just like <laughs> everything he could find about America. He played a, a series of tracks that involved like explosions and stuff. Fire. Because he, yeah, it was as like a tribute to the idea of fireworks. I don't know. I don't know about yeah. that one, but it, but he put that work into it and it was fun. It was, it was more of a PSA of don't set your house on fire. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> And that's one thing that I don't think people quite realize. Yes, it is a radio show, but it's not your typical radio show. We are a bunch of goofballs and we really do have unnecessary fun with our playlists. Yeah. Uh, not to mention that we try to play stuff that we don't play that often. And I mean, we just cycle through the stuff almost one every like three years. Like, it's crazy. Like we the extent of all the stuff that we play is it's we just have a lot of stuff that we try to throw out in rotation. Yeah. For instance, uh, it was brought to my attention a couple weeks back that I played the same Revis song the exact same week, just about uh, three years apart. That's yeah. bizarre. Like <laughs> Without realizing he did it, too. Yeah, and not, not on purpose. Yeah, we and we have we have so much free reign on the radio show that it's it's really great. Like, what did we do last night? We, we played the Santana and P.O.D. collaboration. Yes. Which, if we have played before, it's got to be at least a handful of years, like before Dan was keeping track of what we right. played. Yes. So and David Bowie with Trent Reznor, like during yeah. the classic rock block. Like, come on. <laughs> That's right. I'm afraid of Americans. We do what we want. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So tune in. It's a party. It's good times. Yes. Yes. Good times. Yes. All right. Shall we get to the main event of this of this episode here? What 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 itch are we officially scratching? I already told you we're, we're running it back. <laughs> well, actually, you know, what's fun. This will be the first band that we've talked about their live show twice yes. because the bad flower episode featured. We did do an episode with like the album, I think, and another one with a concert for some of these bands. But we're talking about a show I saw that was headlined by Teenage Wrist, which was one of our top 10 albums last year, I believe. And we did an episode. We featured them in a roundup last year. We also did an episode with their live performances, Casey and I got to see them over in, in Kansas city. And so I saw them again in Chicago with a, a different lineup behind them this time of supporting acts, not of band members. Although I think that too, actually. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was fun. It's, it's cool. We talked about this before. I think actually Dan sort of just referenced it now. 
it's different to see a band headlining versus to see a band supporting someone else. Right. And so this was Teenage Risk's first headlining tour, and it did not disappoint. So yeah, by the time this episode airs, this show will have occurred about a month ago. And so this tour is long over. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to think that this uh, episode will still be an endorsement to further check out the three artists involved and the venue, perhaps. The show was at the Cobra Lounge in Chicago, which um, the pros of the Cobra Lounge is that it's it's a concert venue and a restaurant and like multiple things going on at once. And it's in a nice it's in this part of town where like you can actually find free parking. So that's fantastic. <laughs> nice. And also has a super dope logo. Yet I could not find merchandise that included that logo. So just a little shout out to the Cobra Lounge. Like you guys are leaving money on the table. Put that snake <laughs> on some T-shirts. I'll buy it. <laughs> Dang, I was thinking like a coffee mug, but a T-shirt. Jeez. I buy, I buy a shirt for a venue I like. I mean, I probably need to see another show or two there because I did have mixed feelings about the venue itself. But if it won me over, sure, why not? Makes sense. Part of the problem was just the same problem that Dan had at the Cheap Trick show, which is that it was blazing hot. Yes. It was it was 99 degrees the day of this show, and this place was not terribly well AC'd and ventilated. So the heat came in with you. So it's kind of like Pops. Kind or at least of. how Pops used to be. Uh, yeah, that, I was going <laughs> to I was going to correct you on that. I was like, hey, we've not had that. Pro-. Granted, we haven't been to like a packed show either. Yeah, right. Body heat is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a tiny venue. And so there and it was a fair it was fairly full. And so the body heat definitely got to you. It is a cool place. Though. I have these brick walls and a stone stone floor. Strangely, most of the crowd, whereas at the Sumo Psycho show, I think I was probably one of the younger people there. At this show, I think I was probably one of the older people there. It was gotcha. it was definitely like a skateboard shoe kind of crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and based on the the supporting acts, which I know you're about ready to dive into, they definitely all fit together mm-hmm. to some degree. They did. I find that a little strange because I, f- I feel like the theme for all the bands of like the Teenage Wrist and Self Cult, I, I feel like that's kind of like a 90s almost uh Yep. throwback and so you'd figure that more people that were around and liking music during that age would have been at that show as opposed or did i am i, am I misunderstanding so you were no 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 i get what you're I, see, I see what you're saying but yeah. but at the same time those people want to hear those 90s songs and not so much new artists that sound like those acts i think that no that makes sense i think i i think you're right i think you're on to something <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I will. I will say this. I started taking notes on on another new segment. I know we did the band blender last week. I've got I've got another one. Oh, my goodness. For, for this. I call it the shirt alert. The shirt alert. <laughs> the shirt it's, alert. Yep. It's where I take note of what band T-shirts that I see at a show that other the people there are wearing. I bet you saw a lot of Deftones and Nirvana. Close. You, I did see 90s bands. So like uh, Faith No More, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica. Beavis and Butthead, which is a staple of the 90s. Um, but I, also, I, also saw, I also saw a couple of newer bands, like uh, somebody had a turnstile shirt and there was a guy with a shirt of a band called Narrowhead, who is like very similar. They're very much in the realm of of Soul Blind, who was the opening act and turnstile and that kind of grungy retro sound. So you kind of had this mix of like the influences and the eras going on there at the same time. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. And shoot, the Soul Blind singer himself, uh, he was wearing a Smashing Pumpkin shirt. So, 
I kind of like that idea, though. That's that's not a bad thought, you know, because you're right. Most people are going to support artists that, you know, that are similar, I guess, if they're going to see them. Yeah. And it would be a nice way of like just analyzing, like see if I could find some connections there between that, the crowd and, and the lineup. So Soulblind is the opening act on this tour, or on this leg of the tour. This was actually their first day because uh, they there was a different act that was opening previously. So like the tour was sort of split in half in terms of the support. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they went on a few minutes late and and they did one thing that I think was a smart move was they immediately called everybody to come up closer to the front. Like this wasn't mm. going to be one of those stand in the back kind of things. Like you're going to get up <laughs> and get into it as best you can, especially for the opening act where there's not as many people there as there will be later, you know? Yeah. Um, so he did that and they, they rocked out. They've got an EP that just came out. Well, that came out about a year ago called third chain. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're a fairly new band. They don't have a ton of songs. They probably got a full album worth of total songs. Right. I was going to say, I listened to a lot of their back catalog and they're a lot softer the longer you go back. Mm. So, so they're getting more I, aggressive as they go, you're saying? Yeah. The the newest EP um, was a lot harder and it kind of reminded me of Silver Chair in a way. Yes, but, that, that was exactly <laughs> the band I was going to note. I don't even have a whole blender for these guys. I was just thinking about Silver Chair. It, um, <laughs> I was going to say Teenage Wrist and Silver Chair. <laughs> I want to recommend the first the title song on that EP called Third Chain. If you want to get a, a, a grasp for these guys sound, that's probably their best track. Um, I don't yeah. think it was what they opened with, but they did open with something that had a great riff to it. Uh, this was a band where the vocalist doubles as the bassist. And okay. yeah, and and his bass was rattling that floor. I mentioned last week how I don't really like my guts to rattle around whenever I'm listening to a show. <laughs> but they definitely did that at, at the Cobra Lounge. It's also a band where the drummer is the backing vocalist, which I... The only thing better than that is when the drummer is the lead vocalist, which is super rare. <laughs> but, but I love when people drum and sing at the same time. I just think that's so cool to watch. It's talented, too. I mean, it takes a lot of skill to try to continue to, you know make sure you know where you're hitting and like turn your head towards a mic. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was kind of curious how um, you thought that they sounded uh, live versus on their albums because vocally they're really, really, really produced mm. with like echo soundings, kind of kind of Deftones esque, like soft vocals, but um, I was going to, save this part a little bit later but since you let into it i'll go for it i'm not gonna <laughs> lie i was i was mildly disappointed by the set and i don't think it was that they were bad and i do think that part of it honestly was that the sound in the cobra lounge was not great yeah it felt like the trouble was turned like i wore earplugs which i hardly ever remember to bring to concerts but i actually did for this one and when I, t I kept them in most of the night, when I took them out, it just felt like something was shrieking in my ears for most uh, of the show. Like, hmm. like something was up way too high in there and it didn't sound quite right for, for, all, for any of the bands, to be honest. Although I think it, I think it, it affected so blind the worst. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's not a bad sound and it's certainly something that appeals to me. I like silver chair, especially when they were heavier and these guys definitely have a little bit of some kind of like, it's some combination of like hardcore and like early two thousands emo somewhere in there yeah too. i haven't placed the band that i'm looking for to compare them to. right and I, I haven't either that's that's why i was kind of curious because it's it's just a lot of their earlier stuff was was very soft and kind of mm. 
echoey, like, I, I don't know. It's hard to describe, really. I feel you. But uh, I was just curious how that translated live. Well, ultimately, I don't have a ton to say about their set. It was a tight 30-minute set. They, they ended at 8.33 on the dot, which, since they started, like, three minutes later, was right on point. <laughs> um, I will say that, like, my favorite part of the show was the lead guitarist doing this this like wave dance thing in the last song, which, <laughs> what, which, wacky, out, which yeah, he did some wacky inflatable arm. <laughs> inflatable tube man. Yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. He was doing the Bailey dance. Yes. <laughs> and that was actually, now that I think about it, that was a uh, third chain that, that song that they played at the end. Oh, okay. So that was pretty cool. But overall it's like, it was weird because I felt like it was a whole bunch of sounds that I enjoy, but nothing stood out about most of the specific tracks or the performance as a whole to be like, this is super memorable or you have to see them. But to their credit, I will say that this is definitely a young band that has, has some really solid potential and room to grow. So I'm, I'm not writing them off by any means. It was just my least favorite of the three performances of the night. I would agree with that statement based on listening to most of their uh, discography. It sounds like they are evolving as you, as you touched on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that continues. Absolutely. Second in the lineup was the band that it took me a while to get into their set, but they're the they've stuck with me since then. And I've been going back to their most recent EP a lot lately. And it was a band called Soft Cult, which is led by twin sisters. They are named Mercedes and Phoenix Arnhorn. And one of them is the lead vocalist. And I think guitarist, too, if I remember right. And the other one is a drummer and backing vocals. Yep. And they list themselves on their on socials. Uh, they describe themselves as music for mall goths, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I find awkward because like no one goes to the mall anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's a, remember this is like a '90s throwback kind of vibe. So I think well, we yeah, gotta but they're, imagine they're, that. But they're ten years younger than we are, <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't quite fit. <laughs> but I feel like you still get the could get the idea, unless I don't know. I got, I feel like I kind of got the idea after I heard them. <laughs> I was listening to this band with Hannah and she asked if this was a new band. She thought this was like some band I was listening to from the nineties or something. Yeah. This is is a a recent band. I was like, yeah, this is yeah. A new band. They've been making music together for a while, but I think this incarnation, this actual soft cult has actually only been around for like three years. I think, yeah, I think they actually started like at the beginning of the pandemic or so. And so they're they're, This thing that they are doing, these sisters is, is new. Well, I tried to find some information on both EPs that they've released because they have the year of the rat and the year of the snake, neither of which were released on either of those years, which (laughs) (laughs) is really strange. That's something I'd be interested in looking into more. I wonder if it's, I mean, the rat and the snake definitely, it's, it's like they, so this is a hypothesis. The further I didn't know this band at all before going into this show, they have this like grungy shoegaze sound and a little bit yeah. of a thing, and and I liked it. But the further this the concert went on, the more you understood what they were about. Right, and what they're about is very much this like riot girl feminism. Yes, yeah. A good chunk of their songs are about basically having put up with abusive relationships. Yeah. So it all that to say, it could be. Snake and a rat 
are not either one things you want to be called. They are not like right, 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 right. <laughs> of all the, those things, I don't know in in the, like the Chinese zodiac or whatever. Maybe it has something to do with like personalities, or maybe it's just kind of like. Yeah, I tried. Like I said, I tried to find a little bit of backstory and was unsuccessful in my efforts. But uh, neither neither year fits uh, when they were released for the EP. <laughs> so right, right. <laughs> And to Dan's point, when Hannah asking about if they were a 90s man or something, their most recent release is uh, an A and B side of two Nirvana covers. <laughs> they released <laughs> Francis Farmer Will Have a Revenge on Seattle and Been a Son. And yes. The Francis Farmer is a little weird. I really wish they had played Been a Son at this show, but they did not. It's worth noting um, for, for listeners that uh, Soft Cult, I don't know if they did it for everything that they've released, period, but every track from year of the snake has a video. I think almost every, I think almost every track they've ever released has a video, which that I commend them for. Yeah. It's really cool. It really adds to their, their messaging. Well, it's one of the best ways I think to get your, your music out there nowadays. Like everybody's looking for stuff to watch. Like it's Mm -hmm. so insane how some of those videos, like the crappy, not, I'm not saying that this band is crappy by any means, but somebody else's band that might be crappy can upload a video (laughs) and like still get like 30,000 to a hundred thousand views. Yeah. If they, you know, if they market it right. So there was one artistic use of their videos that they've done at least twice, if not three times. And it gave me a headache every time they have like this kaleidoscope view and I could only watch it for like 10 seconds at a time. And then I have to like, look away. <laughs> I get that same way with shaky camera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when they do like the shaky camera the whole time, you're like, Oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> but musically it's uh, again, very similar to teenage wrist and it's, it's good stuff. I get, I get what they're going for. I don't know that I quite identify with, them but uh yeah i mean i think they're i think i like their music but it's one of those things that like i'm not i was just never a huge fan of of the 90s music like that was not my thing when that type of music was popular i was listening to like metallica Uh, actually to be honest i was listening to spice girl before that and then metallica but you know (laughs) that's a whole different brand of female empowerment that's that's where the that's where the love of uh, pop comes from. You, you know it, man. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he said he's, Dan's a pop metal guy, and yeah. Metallica and the Spice Girls. There Spice you go. Girls. There's right. the blender for that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've I've noted. I think I've learned a, more about my musical taste since we started doing this podcast and finding out that these like '90s throwback sounds are kind of my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I could, I could definitely, it's funny. I, I agree with that 100%. Like I can almost, <laughs> and I think you've, you've gotten probably the best at it, but all of us can listen to a band now and be like, man, Casey would love so, this band. Yeah. The most. <laughs> Aaron would love, love this. this band the most. Like Dan would love this band the most. Like it's, it's crazy. Like that's really how, how we've gotten to like, we send text messages to each other. Aaron, check this out. Dan, this is for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I know at this point who's going to be the easiest sell on a band and who's going to be the hardest sell that yeah. I'm going to have to really push. <laughs> but I got, yeah, I got to say though, this band has, they've won me more and more. And, and like thinking back on the show, it was weird because the, it was kind of, I almost used the word gentle to a lot of the sounds. Like it wasn't yeah. like there, some of the tracks got fairly aggressive, but by and large it was a little more laid back and like pretty and atmospheric, but 
the content, the subject matter, what they're getting into was was very weighty. Yes. And I will note that as a performance like Mercedes, the the vocalist, uh, she definitely carries herself like a star pretty well, but not like a diva or something like she just yeah, she, no, I got you. she knows how to how to work the room. But they are definitely a, a band that uses that platform to speak to things that matter to them. They weren't they weren't there to entertain you as much as they were to inform you, if I can right, put it that right. way. It sounds like a great band that, you know, we might have on to have some great conversations with. Absolutely. That's, that's what I was thinking, too, to be honest. But um, I was just curious how the the other band members that are not the focal point of the band performed. Um, so, again, this is me getting used to these guys. I've never really heard them before. Mm. But I, I, it was a solid performance. I would like to see them again now that I've listened to more of their music. Like I said, the uh, Phoenix, the drummer, also does background vocals. And she sang lead on one track, which was pretty cool. And then there was another girl, I think the, uh, the bassist. And I mean, everybody's performance was solid. I, I kind of got the impression that the other two were just touring. Yeah. They were just touring uh, performers for, for that tour. I have no idea if if they are in the long-term plans for the ba- the band or not. Well, it's, it's, it's just kind of a weird trend where you just have two people that are like, we're a band now. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we need to fill all this other sound with other instruments. And we can't unless well, we- yeah, <laughs> like there's a difference between like a two man band, like a, like local H or, or somebody like that, that literally is middle-class rut. Yeah. Literally. It's just a guitarist and a drummer and a band that has two members. Right. <laughs> or, right. <laughs> but, but still past four or five people on stage. Right. And I think that comes from all this additional, like backing sounds too, though. That's, yeah. that's really mm-hmm. kind of becoming prominent in rock music right now. Right. But the show, I mean, like I said, this show is, it, it got better as it went because I felt like I was understanding the band more as they went on. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they and and you like I said, you got a real grasp of their themes. Like they had yeah. a song about catcalling. Yeah, they had yeah. they had a song about gaslighting. And then I would argue that probably the best song they have is called Boys Will Be Boys. Yep. Yep. Which was the one I don't remember. if I think it was the one they closed with. It was definitely the one that got the crowd the most. So Boys Will Be Boys is essentially this track using that phrase that is often used to brush away men doing terrible things, right? Saying terrible things, or in this case, doing terrible things. Actually, before launching into that song, she told this really terrible story about this, this woman, this girl who was like walking home one night and she got picked up by like somebody, I think it was somebody, I don't know. I think it was like an off duty policeman or something basically got, sexually assaulted and I, I think killed like it was a terrible story to hear live but but it was powerful and it fit into the message of what she was getting across yeah. and so like like I don't know if you guys looked at the lyrics to these things or not but that song stuck in my head a lot yeah I tried to focus on I always try to focus on the lyrical content if, even if I'm not reading it but uh yeah it's I put the closed captioning on when I watch those music videos to get the vocals like the, the visuals and the the words both yeah you know front and center and it's a very powerful song so they 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 say let me read a little bit of it if that's all right yeah sure yeah it says uh they say boys will be boys but these boys are men 
and these girls didn't ask to be touched by them. It's not where she was, it's not how she dressed, and it's not her fault if you don't know what consent is. If there's one in your company, I wonder when they're going to come for me. And so that video and song is really powerful. And it basically, it gets further and further. You can tell that this is something that is coming from a place of a true story, something that actually happened to one of them, both of them. People that they know, they have experienced these things. Because there's later on, and she mentions, uh, if you lay a hand on my sister again, you might lose some teeth. And in the yeah. music video, she's carrying around a baseball bat at that point. Right. And so this is like, a, we're done taking this crap and you, you need to get it together. And so that was super powerful. It was interesting. Um, I will note the women at the front of the at the front of the stage during that song were super into it and bouncing like around, like having I don't I don't even say having a good old time. I guess so. But the most a lot of the men I felt like looked uncomfortable <laughs> hearing it. And I don't I'm not. And it's not like oh these are like bad dudes or whatever. It's just like like how do you rock out to a song with that subject matter? Right, right, right. <laughs> and so I thought. To me, I thought that the guys, the guys up near the front of the stage seemed a little uncomfortable while their girls were were just having the time of their life to that song. And so that yeah. was just a, it's an interesting, weird observation that I made. Yeah. So but all that to say, they really won the crowd over by the end of that set. And Good. to their credit, they get uh, in a couple of months now in the fall, they're going to do a week of shows in the UK with Incubus, which is a weird fit. Stylistically, that's a weird combo. But OK, yeah. but it's a big platform. So, yeah, no, that's that's great. Yeah. So that's my take on Soft Cult. I'm going to be following up on them more often. I highly recommend checking out their EP, Year of the Snake, particularly, that came out a few months back. And then, you know, see if the rabbit hole takes you any further. And then the headliner, Teenage Wrist. This was their first ever headlining tour, he said, which is awesome. And to my knowledge, they actually did select those opening acts for their whole tour. So which is a cool thing that you can do, I guess, whenever you're when you're smaller (laughs) and the headliner. Yeah. Like I said earlier, the the other two acts definitely fit the teenagerist sound. So made sense. For sure. That's awesome. Like when you can bring, you know, I don't know if it has anything to do with like record deals or anything like that, too. But it's it's pretty cool when you get to decide, especially when you have like the you're you're the headliner, you get to be the big dog, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, so so Marshall Gallagher, their their vocalist, well, their new vocalist, he was previously not their vocalist, but the band shrank from three members to two and then he moved over into that role and has just nailed it ever since. But Marshall, um, he was very excited about that. He definitely, he made note of that at some point during the show about how cool it was to be able to take these artists out that he really personally appreciated and enjoyed to be able to take them on tour with them. Also the fun thing about Marshall, if you see how he dresses, he kind of always looks like, a dad who's ready for a tennis match. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way that I put it. <laughs> like Fred Durst recently? No. <laughs> no. It's not quite the same as that. That might be like a grandpa with a, that's that's ready for a tennis yeah. match. <laughs> yeah. And like and like getting a quick uh cup of coffee at Starbucks or something. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> He's always got like tennis shoes with high socks and like these shorts and like polo shirts. And usually he wears like a bucket hat. A bucket hat. <laughs> like he's just he's just a funny, funny guy in that regard. And that's like always his style. <laughs> so he's um, he's the one in the commercials where they're they're talking about, you know, don't become your parents. <laughs> that's he's kinda, already, kinda, he's already yeah. done become his parent, right? He might be. A little bit cooler than that, but but you're you're onto something there. I think that guy needs to calm down. I think if people want to become their parents and let them do it, (laughs) that's a tangent for another day. I'll get a shortcut on that guy another time. Um, (laughs) 
so this was cool so the band is two people uh again it's it's the vocalist and drummers just like the last one again you had drummer and guitarist background vocals which always fun the bassist looked like a smaller version this is this is a reference <laughs> that i don't know who will get he looked like a smaller version of tyrus yeah the wrestler the the former funkasaurus and so <laughs> that's all i just wanted to so, note that he looked like a smaller what, version of him <laughs> was this two different people from the time we saw him in kansas city I believe that the backing band was different people. Yeah. Okay. Because I was yeah. going to ask if the guy with the cowboy hat was still there. There was no cowboy hat on stage. Unfortunately. <laughs> it was tragic. And poor Tyrus, he he looked he looked spent by like the fifth song, which was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, kudos to him. If I could have been on stage in his role, I would have taken it too. Even if I was half dead by you know the fifth track, I'd be fine. And it also, as I mentioned before, in fairness to him, it was crazy hot in there. <laughs> yeah. 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 They sounded good. The mix was still kind of painful in the treble, and I don't think that was the band's fault. Like I said, this is their first proper headline tour. And Marshall also noted that one thing that is cool about doing a headline tour is that you can hear people singing the words to your songs during the quiet parts because the people are mostly there for you. Right. Whereas like he kind of noted when Dick Casey and I saw them with Dead Poet Society and Bad Flower, he kind of noted that they felt like oddballs. Yeah. And it was very obvious at that show, as great as all three performances were, that the people were mostly there for Bad Flower. Yeah. So you probably weren't hearing that many people singing your words back to you, but he could in this kind of situation. Yes. So, yeah. And and Casey's to note, um, I think I texted you this, but they did play the intro. That's um, what I was from, just going to ask you. <laughs> they played the intro into Taste of Gasoline from their, from their album. Casey and I noted when we saw them before that there's this two minute uh, intro track on their album that sounds great and we really wanted to hear it and and they just bypassed it straight up and then when you when you talked with them he's he's like i've never thought of that before yeah that their that their album makes for a good set, set list ebb and flow like as it is start yeah. to finish yeah right yeah. they they did their set list obviously was much longer than before it's still the tracks that teenagers played from earth as a black hole more or less were at least in the same sequence as that album. But then they left a few of them out to make room for older tracks that they put in. Right. So they played a a song called Mary is an older one that they really like to play and one called Stoned Alone. They played uh, a brand new song that had a great riff to it. It was called Sunshine. And so I have no idea when that's coming out in like a an official, you know, studio release version. But yeah, or I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be checking Spotify. Yeah, it was it was good, man. Um, It was cool to see to hear more of the deep cuts from Earth is a Black Hole. Like I said, it was truly one of my favorite albums of last year, and they only had so much time before when we saw them. And I think that Marshall was gaining confidence as a as a front man. Yeah, I could see that. I think part of his personality is a little bit like self-deprecating and like. Like, he's not the guy that's going to come up there and just, like, woo you with swagger and confidence. That's not his personality, I don't think. But I do think he's improving as a frontman in terms of feeling confident in his own abilities. Did you notice a clear difference from the last time you saw him live? Not huge, but a little bit. Um, they definitely seem to be having a lot of fun, or more fun on this one. I think probably because they're, you know, the, 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 the stars of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they seem more comfortable. Awesome. And so that is good. I, uh, they're a band. They're one of my top bands that I'm looking forward to hearing more from in the future. And I don't actually surprisingly have 
an awful lot to say about them because we've talked about them plenty before already. Right. That was the one, that was the one thing that, and I think we kind of talked about that the last time we did the episode on their live performance, but I, the, the crowd was definitely there for bad flower and a, a couple of them were getting restless. Like we yeah. want to hear bad flower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, take your time there, buddy. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> That kind of stuff annoys the crap out of me because it's like, dude, everybody has a set schedule. Like, no matter right. what you scream, the band's going to go on the fucking time they're scheduled to go on. Like, right, right. exactly. Shut up. Like, it's not, you know, your screaming's not changing anything. <laughs> if you only want to see Bad Flower, you should have showed up an hour or two later. Yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it was a very good show. By the time it was over, they, they closed with the title track, Earth is a Black Hole, and that was freaking electric. Like somehow people still had energy left by the end of the night to rock out to that one. And that was exciting. I should know, since we keep mentioning the previous episodes, if you want to hear us talk more about that band, they're featured in a rock roundup where we talk about their album in episode 48 and the bad flower show is episode 70. So they might be our first like three Pete. <laughs> I don't know. They're certainly far up there. So yeah, that was good, and that's really all I got to say. Like, I I really love that band, and I suspect that I will continue loving them unless they take some type of super bizarre left turn. Did you get a chance <laughs> to meet them, or did you try? I did not. It was a '90s, did something degrees, and by the time the show was over, I had to go back to my car and grab and my water bottle and hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to go home. Fair enough. Uh, so I didn't have any members of the Groove Council to hang out with, so I was just chilling by myself. I did meet a cool couple and we talked about bands between the first and second band sets, but then they left early. So I didn't even get to like check with them and follow up with them. I want to see how they felt about the show. But so if if you guys happen to listen to this, which you probably won't or remember the curly haired guy that you talked to about Deftones for a minute, then (laughs) hit us up needle in a haystack. Like, yeah, are you representing? I was representing. You were? You I think. I feel like I have to if I'm by myself, right? Because well, <laughs> yeah, you, you have a Teenage Wrist shirt. That's true. <laughs> I wore the Teenage Wrist shirt last time because you were representing. This is wearing true. Wearing the Edge shirt. Yes. Yeah, you can't be that guy. I would be okay <laughs> with it. Well, I mean, what's worse, being the guy that wears the band shirt? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that yeah, guy yeah, yeah, that yeah, wears yeah. the band shirt. Yeah, from PCU. That guy. Don't be that guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm happy to be the guy that wears the band shirt and that be the happy and happy to be the guy that wears his own brand shirt. Yeah, that's either one of those is fine by me. But now you remind me that I really need to see PCU because it's been a long time. It's oh, <laughs> a great movie. That's one of my favorite parts. My, my gamer tag actually comes from that because all throughout high school and the beginning of college, I was that guy. I always wore the band shirt of the band I was going to see. I remember that. So, I think yeah. that I think wasn't that like your aim handle in college, too? Yeah, uh, like that guy. Yeah, or, or my, some year. Yeah, it was my gamer tag on on Xbox, and it's kind of become like my gamer tag everywhere. Yeah, I'm that guy, <laughs> and that is the reason why is because I was that guy that wore the band shirt of the band he was going to see. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I think that's all I got for this show. Yeah, that's that's all we got to to ask you questions and follow up and talk about videos that we watched of the band. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to endorse all three soul blind, soft cult and teenage wrist to say, check them out. At least go look them up on, you know, Spotify or Bandcamp or whatever, and, and listen to their most recent releases. And if you do get a chance, I think teenage wrist is, is sitting out 
for a little bit. Um, I know Soft Cult has a few festivals. So yeah, shout out to these guys. Like Soft Cult's doing Soft Cult's got these tour dates coming up with Incubus. Teenage Risk just did some opening dates for 311. And so those are some pretty uh pretty heavyweight bands to to get out there to play with. Yeah. Slightly strange pairings, but I'm not complaining. Hey, it'd make for make for a good show. Might be the last time you can see him in a small venue like that. Here's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, go see a concert. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at Itch Rocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.